If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. We're uh, going to continue our study in the book of Ephesians, but we're shifting it up a little bit. Um, uh, we're looking in Ephesians chapter 6, where Molly read from Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start with, uh, with verse 19. Finally, Paul writes, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now notice he starts out here with finally. And so I want us to, to think over the last month or two as we've been in the book of Ephesians, we've been in chapters 1 through 3, and normally right now as Paul does any theology, the way it kind of works out is he spends the first half of the book putting a deep theology together, and then he takes the second half of the book and gets really practical. And so we got through the theology, and the main thing that Paul wanted us to understand is who we are in Christ, that we were bought with a price, that God reached down through eternity and chose you. We talked a lot about how when you hear that, I don't want you to think he chose the world. I don't want you to think about how he chose uh, everybody who would ever get saved. I want you to remember he chose you, beloved. The one sitting in your car right now. And so Paul wanted us to understand who we are in Christ. He wanted us to understand whose we are. And we saw that we are God's. That He chose us for a reason so that we would live good uh, lives. That we were chosen before the foundation of the, earth, of the world to do good works. And so next, as Paul gets into chapter 4, he breaks that down really practically. He walks us through how to be husbands and wives, how to be uh, the fathers and parents, how to, to, to handle going to work every day. And then uh, at the end of that, he says, finally. Now, first of all, I want us to understand that we've skipped that practical theology, that practical application. I think that where we sit now as a nation, where we sit now as a church, I need us to get to his finally. And my plan had been to start this sermon series on spiritual warfare and on the fact that we're in a war day in and day out. Uh, I was planning on starting this back in June or July. But as I prayed this week about what we needed to hear, what we as a body needed to focus on, I, I, I just decided to go ahead and shift forward. So we get to this finally. Now I heard a story one time about a preacher, who, or a man who took his friend who didn't grow up in the church, he grew up outside of the church, and he took his, his friend to the church for the first time. And so he's sitting there in the pew, and they kind of sat at the back uh, so he could explain what's going on to his friend. And as they, they started the first song, his friend's like, what's going on here? And he goes, well, we're going to sing some songs in praise to our king. And so a big part of coming together as believers is, is, is singing. Okay, okay. And so when the offertory prayer was prayed, the friend leans over and says, now what does that mean? And he goes, well, that means that we're going to take up an offering because the way that God provides for his church is through his people. And God says, okay, okay. And then the preacher gets up and he goes, well, what does this mean? And he says, well, what this means is that we're going to sit here and we're going to listen to, obediently listen to God's word being preached. And a few minutes later, the, the preacher took his watch off and set it up on the pulpit. And, and the guy said, what does that mean? And the guy said, not a thing. That doesn't mean a thing. And so the fact that Paul here says one of the most important aspects of the book after his finally tells me that Paul was a good Baptist preacher. Finally doesn't mean anything. So whenever you hear me say, now in conclusion or finally or buttoning it up, that doesn't necessarily mean we're anything. But what we see here is Paul is going to look back at that practical application that he gives us. How to be husbands and wives. How to be uh, 
fathers and mothers, how to be children, how to be employees that all glorify God with their lives, and he realizes that we can't do it. That the things that God is calling us to do, because of the battle that we're in, we can't do. And so we, to do that, have to recognize that we are in a battle. And here Paul is calling us to be warriors for his kingdom. I see a lot of Christians in our country over the last uh, 30 years of my life, as I've looked around, who don't recognize that we're in a battle. That the enemy is fighting for your soul. And he has at his disposal all of the media, all of the books, all of the radio, all of the internet to tell you to go for what makes you happy. To live your life for your own self-satisfaction. Worship at the altar of you. You deserve the best. You deserve to be happy. And I'm here to tell you in this short period of time that I've got that that is a lie from the pits of hell. And the enemy is doing everything in his power to drag you into hell. And we are in a fight. We are fighting for our joy in Christ. We are fighting for our, the souls of our children. We are fighting for our very soul. And so he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, in the strength of His might. The first thing we have to realize is, is that on our own, in our own power, we can't fight. Before a, a soldier or a marine or a, an airman or a, uh, a sailor, couldn't think of what we would call squidly guys, um, before we send them into battle, they spend weeks and months training and preparing. And Paul is, wants us to recognize that You've got to fight this fight in the strength of His might. You can't do it on your own. You're never going to be successful on your own. I brought as an illustration two plants, and they both keep falling down. But if you can see, uh, on this side I have a plant that looks anemic and, and sad and pathetic. And on this side I've got a fern, that, or a palm tree, that's big and beautiful and well filled out. These trees were both bald at the same time last year just before palm sunday uh, i went to lowe's uh, and and bought both trees both trees had all of their fronds cut off last year for uh for the palm sunday so that the kids could march in with palm branches one of the trees over here this one that looks sad and pathetic and looks like it's about to die has sat in our gathering area and it hadn't gotten much sunlight it sat back uh, toward the, the sanctuary entrance, and it's put on three little, little uh, fronds. And it, I mean, it's okay, but it, it looks really anemic. This one that sat in the window behind the cross um, is huge, and it has grown, and it's got 20, 30 palm fronds, and it is full. Both of these are the same plant. I repotted both of them from the same bag of topsoil. They both get watered at the same time. I have as kind of my daily cycle on Sunday during when I come in to check on CR, I fill up the, the uh, decaf coffee thing with water and water one, and then I go fill it up again and water two. That allows me to rinse out the coffee, coffee hickey-doo and water the plants at the same time. Um, but one of them 
has grown hugely and the other one hasn't. One of them is in the sunlight. It's getting what it needs. And so many Christians today sit at home and the, the light that hits them, what they're exposed to all the time, is Facebook. They're scrolling on Facebook. Or they're watching TV shows. Or they're reading secular books. And they wonder, why is my Christian walk anemic? Why is it that I have no power in my prayer life? Why is it that nobody looks to me for spiritual leadership? One of them is sad and pathetic and susceptible to disease and sickness, and the other one is strong. It's because of what you're exposed to every day. You can't fight the Christian fight on your own. You've got to expose yourself to God's Word. You've got to be in the fight. It's God's fight, and you can't do it on your own. Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Now we're going to take the next few weeks and kind of walk through each piece of that armor. But recognize that God has given you the equipment that you need to be victorious. You don't need anything outside of what God makes available to you. There's no, you know, if you go through the Christian bookstore and you see 15 easy things to do here or the secret to this, the secret to that, you don't need any secrets. God has given you everything that you need in His Word and in His Spirit and in His people. There are no secret remedies. There are no fast-acting solutions. We've got everything that we need. And Paul tells us to put on that armor. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I want to remind the church that people are never the enemy. Even someone that's acting stupid, even someone that's acting outside of God's will, they are not the enemy. They have been captured by the enemy, according to 1 Timothy, to do his will. But we need to remember that people are made in the image of God, that people are not our enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in high places. We need to recognize from this particular section that we can't fight the fight on our own. You realize that the Bible tells us a story of an archangel of God who goes against Satan, and he turns to God and says, God, will you rebuke him? We can't fight this fight on our own, but we serve a God who can. We serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We serve the God that cast the stars out from nothingness, who spoke into nothing and made everything that is. Coronavirus is not more powerful than God. This economy is not more powerful than God. Your personal circumstances are not more powerful than God. God is God and He reigns. He rules. And we need to look to Him. We can't go up against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness in high places on our own. You know, as I'm sure you, I've been doing the same thing that everybody in this parking lot's been doing, and that is that I've been looking on Facebook, I've been reading articles, I've been trying to, to go to reputable news sources, and right now, I don't know what to believe. You know, I, I read one article, and it's like, we're all going to die. Ah! Run in circles, scream and shout. 
And I read another article, again, from a reputable news source, and it says, oh, we've all completely miscalculated everything. Everybody got this in January. We're all acting like fools. And then everybody's going to starve to death because we've destroyed the economy. And then I'll, I'll read another article, and that article will say, this is all a big scam by the, by the Democrats. They're just trying to take Trump down. And then I'll read another article, and it'll say, this is all a big scam by Trump trying to take the Democrats down. And then I'll read another article, and I don't know what to believe. I don't know what truth is. And it would be really easy if all I did was sit around and read that stuff is get really freaked out. I don't know if I'm going to die from coronavirus or not, but I know right now there's a lot of people who don't know how they're going to feed themselves next week. And so that's worry. And then there's worry here and there's worry there. And let me tell you something. God knows what's going on in your life. Jesus said, aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? And yet your father knows what's going on with both of those? Doesn't he know what's going on with you? We cannot look to the world to tell us truth. We have to stay focused on the fact that God's truth is truth. And God says to His children, I've got you. Now that doesn't mean that everything's going to work out the way you or I want it. It means it's going to work out the way that's best for His honor and His glory and for our growth in Christ's likeness. We wrestle against not flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness. So Paul said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil days. Having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore. You think Paul wants us to stand? You think Paul wants us to be rock steady? You think Paul is saying that in a crazy world where everything seems turned upside down, we have something we can stand on? Beloved, I, I say every Sunday, go serve your king. And right now, there's a lot of us that don't even know what that means. We don't know what that looks like. I'm asking you, right now, in your homes, in your job, whatever situation you have, turn to God's Word and stand. Stand on the truths of His Word. Romans 8.28 is still in my Bible. All things work together for the good to them who love Him, to those who are called according to His purpose, for whom God foreknew He predestined to be transformed to the image of Christ. Everything that's happening right now in our world, God knew was going to happen. God is not in heaven wringing His hands going, what's going to happen next? He is still God. He's still on the throne. He still loves you. He's still got you. Father God, I pray blessings on this church. Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you've done. Lord, I thank you for all the ways that I've seen you work this week. I thank you for the way that I've, I've heard people say uh, that they were serving people around them. Lord, I pray that we as a church, as we uh, listen to authorities and we social distance, Lord, that we would be in prayer for those uh, who we know are around us. God, that we would lift up names, that we would, would raise our voice in praise to the King. Lord, as life slows down for some, I pray that you would, would help us to, to refocus on our families. As, as life speeds up for some, God, I pray that you would, would help us to rest in you. 
Lord, I do pray for those first responders who are on, on the front line. Lord, our, our nurses, our doctors, Lord, the, the, uh, the rescue, the EMS, the fire, the policemen. God, I pray that you would protect them. God, I pray that you would be with them. Lord, we pray for your mercy. God, we pray that you would remove this scourge from our country. Lord, we look to you, we trust you, we believe you, and we love you. Lord, we pray that you would bless us and keep us. Lord, that you would make your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen.